Hey folks, and welcome back into the pod. Well, it's a wedding week for my dear goddaughter and uh, unofficial goddaughter, unofficial niece, um, but she's 100% official to me. And um, it's supposed to rain on wedding day, but luckily this bride is uh, 100% cool, 0% bridezilla, and it's going to be a great day no matter what. Um, I had written her a letter when she was born and I've updated it a little, but I will be putting it in her wedding card. And uh, they're off to their honeymoon right after the wedding. And I'm very excited to see her in the dress that I was grateful to be able to buy for her, for her wedding day. But in writing the letter to her or updating it, I originally wrote the basis of that letter when she, the day she was born, um, that would be 27 years ago, frighteningly so, went by huge, fast is not even the right word. It's be, what's the word beyond fast? I don't even know. But um, I just wanted to start with that because it brings up, you know, the way that she was raised the way that her team, her parents, um, my best friend, Karen, and her husband, and she has a great family of aunts and uncles, grandparents, cousins. Um, and just me thinking about going to the hospital that day and meeting Kayla for the first time when she was only a couple of hours old. And they're right when they tell you that all your wishes and dreams go right into that child. And the reality of the situation is she's not my child, of course, but she is the child that I am closest to in this world since I wasn't able to have any of my own. And her mom, my dearest friend, has been the most gracious and sharing and giving person to me in letting me share this child's life and be such a huge part of it and helping her to raise her. Um, And she will say that herself. That's not just me saying that. And, you know, patting myself on the back erroneously. Um, My friend has said that to me and it meant everything to me. And it still does, as you can tell. But as we come to her wedding and thinking about everything that I as her non-aunt-aunt wanted for her has come true. And shielding her from the things that I experienced as a child in a traumatic home, the abuse that I suffered, the um, mental abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, um, shielding her from all that, teaching her um, that she can talk to any of us, making sure that there was an open dialogue, that there was nothing that she couldn't tell her parents, me, her aunts and uncles, all of that um, was so important in taking what I learned um, and giving her a better shot. And that's what every parent, auntie, friend, godmother, godfather, it's what anybody wants for children that they love, right? They want better for this child than what they had. And it also brings up a lot of things that, you know, I went through and I remember and all of those things. So 
there's a lot of um, stuff online right now, for whatever reason, that uh, are talking about what would you tell your younger self? And, you know, I didn't think back to my 20s. I thought back to my childhood, which was traumatic. And uh, I thought I would do a podcast on what I would tell my younger self. And it's not the whole podcast, but it definitely brought up um, some thoughts and feelings. And what would I tell my younger self? I thought of a few different things. You know, just keep going. Things will get better. Um, you'll become an adult. You'll be able to take control of your life and not have to be abused by your mother and your stepfather. Um, you know, those types of things, but really bottom line, I think the best thing that I could tell my childhood self, um, going through all of the things, which I won't get into here, um, would be just make it out of live. Just make it out alive and you will be okay. You will be able to progress and have a good, safe life, but just get out alive. And I'm super glad that Kayla never experienced having to feel that way because it is very, very, it's tragic, honestly. And, you know, people will say when they hear this podcast, well, that's what made you strong. I know that if you're saying that to this podcast, that you mean it in the best possible way. But let me explain to you why that's not something you should say to someone like me. Um, growing up in a traumatic home meant my parents got divorced when I was five, six years old. My brother was three. Um, I remember our real family. He does not. That breaks my heart. He only remembers the abuse, mental and physical, from my stepfather. I remember when I was briefly safe at home. And then I wasn't for the rest of my life. And being safe at home is something that everybody deserves. And I didn't get it. Now, you can't, you know, wish for what you didn't get. But no child should have to go through that. And the reality of the situation is when you are um, growing up in a traumatic home, you just want out. And many kids turn to drugs alcohol, um, promiscuity. I did not. Um, I'm grateful that I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I don't have an answer. All I know is that I didn't turn to that and I'm grateful. How did I make it through? I don't honestly know, to be honest with you. Um, but I will say things to my class or, um, you know, mention things to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like my mother, if my stepfather hadn't liked kids, that we might not be here. That's true. And that's not 
uh, an over um, generalization. It's not um, confabulated. That's just the truth. When you're dealing with um, a mother that is a malignant narcissist, um, I'm grateful that I'm still here. I'm grateful that my brother is still here. Um, but it definitely could have gone a different way. And we could have um, been murdered. Yeah, we could have. Um, <laughs> which is a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to say. Um, but it's true. And I just honestly want people to understand that raising children, though I have not done it, is not easy. And I can tell you that from the perspective of the child, how important it is for parents and support family members to protect their children at all cost because you only get one shot at raising a child. There's only one shot. And honestly, the damage that some people do to their kids is I, I have a hard time believing it, even though I, <laughs> even though I lived with a parent that did not take care of me and my brother. I did. She did not take care of us. And I don't know how else to put that other than to say it out and honestly, because it's the truth. She did not take care of us. And, you know, it's hard to look back at your childhood self and want to give them advice when you've been through what my brother and I have been through. And, um, you have it your whole life. You don't, um, it never goes away. And so I'm sure parents don't think I should be allowed to give them any advice. That's pretty evident in society. And it's actually pretty evident in the people that I socialize with. Um, people that don't have kids are looked upon like they're stupid. And it's not in the front of people's minds to think we're stupid. They just think it in the back of their mind. Oh, well, you know, you don't have kids, so you don't know. Or you'd know if you had kids. Well, I'll tell you what I know as a kid. I know that parents have to be extremely careful in making their choices. And there is no way that parents can be selfish. Because while your kids are little, for sure, you have to put them first. And I know that that's probably got to be extremely hard for parents. Because the things that you love or want to do have to go by the wayside or they have to go last. But to me, when I see my fam, my friends doing that, I think, wow, they're a great parent. They're putting their kids first. 
because I can tell you what it feels like to be a child who is put last on the list or who is not even cared about by your parent. Now, my dad was the complete opposite. My dad put us first in everything from food to time to, I mean, name something. He put us first. And that was evident to us. And even though my dad died when I was 16 years old, I remember that. And your kids will remember if you put them last. Your kids will remember if you don't give a shit about their feelings, if you don't give a shit about them in general, if you're constantly putting yourself first, they're going to know. And I'm not saying that (laughs) mothers and fathers shouldn't put themselves first sometimes. Don't get me wrong about that. Everyone needs self-care. Everyone needs time for themselves. Parents, mothers and fathers alike. But I'm talking about the general stuff. I'm not talking about going to get your nails done or getting a massage or going away with your girlfriends or your husband and leaving your kids home with your parents or with an auntie or whatever. I'm not talking about that. Those are things that are needed for parents. A million percent. I'm talking about the big things. Like when I was 12, my mother and stepfather decided to move to Montana. We were not consulted about that. Um, We had plenty of family at the time, including our dad, to be able to stay in Santa Barbara. Um, I begged, I pleaded, I got hit, I got beat, I got slapped. um, And ultimately, I got told to pack my shit and get in the truck and shut the fuck up. I don't have, you don't have a voice here. Oh, okay. So if you're wondering why I use my voice all the time, uh that would be one of the reasons. Because ain't nobody going to tell me ever again that I don't have a voice somewhere. Because yes, I do, goddammit. And I'm going to make it heard. And I don't care if you don't like it, frankly. Okay, that's an abusive thing to say to someone. You don't have a voice here. That was my stepfather, absolutely. That was him in a nutshell. We don't count. And we're going whether we like it or not. And we had to. And it was like a prison sentence. And it was a very huge factor in the negativity in our household. An absolutely huge factor. And it was not okay. It's not okay. If you have to move your kids because you're, you know, listen, you have a job, you absolutely have to go, there's no way around it, there's no prospects for you where you are. Understandable. But that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case at all. They just wanted to leave. They wanted to get away from my dad. They wanted to take us away from him. That is not okay. Especially since it was illegal in the state of California. Illegal, not allowed. Had my dad wanted to, he could have taken my mother to court and gotten us brought back to Southern California. Now you might say, well, your life wouldn't be what it is now. Please don't say that to me. Just listen. I'm not looking for a solution from anybody. Just listen. If you have to move, even if your kids are little, and I don't mean like one year old, 
But if your kids are like age three and above, you can explain to them why you need to move. And you can tell them that you'll make sure that they stay in touch with their friends and their relatives and all of that. And put them at ease because your children are little human beings. They're not your possession to be treated any way you want. They're little people. And true enough, you're still going to make that decision to move because that's what you have to do for your job or your spouse's job. And it's a necessity for the family. But you can include them and make them feel good about it instead of telling them to pack their shit and get in the truck. That's abuse. That's not okay. Okay? If your child comes to you at whatever age, God forbid, and says, so-and-so is hurting me. Say so-and-so is a close relative of yours and you don't believe your child. Let me explain something to you parents, okay? Let me show you how stupid I am not. If your child comes to you and says, so-and-so is hurting me, listen to your child. I don't care if it's, God forbid, one of your parents, one of your in-laws, an aunt, an uncle, a priest, a trusted friend. I don't care. You listen to your kid because children are not going to make up abuse claims. Now, you might say in the past, in the news, there have been big cases, especially in Massachusetts, of a group of children in a daycare that did, quote, make up abuse claims. But let's think about that for a second. They did not make up abuse claims. They were questioned in a leading manner and police officers no longer do that because we know better to let children just tell their story. So if one of your children, God forbid, comes to you ever at whatever age and says, auntie whoever, uncle whoever, is hurting me, you need to stop whatever you are doing, get into private with your child, just the two of you, get on your child's level, look them in the eye and listen, no matter how painful it is. When I was 40 years old, I told my mother, not details, but I told my mother what happened to me at the hands of her husband, my stepfather. She called me a liar. Right to my face, in front of my husband. And she told me I wasn't her daughter if that's what I was gonna lie about. I was her child. Didn't matter that I was 40 years old and that I had carried that shit by myself until I was 35 when I spoke to my husband about it. And actually, I spoke to a quote unquote boyfriend of mine in high school. So I guess I spoke about it earlier than 35 to be perfectly accurate. And that boyfriend tried to help me 
tried to help me was the only person who did. And I will always be grateful for that. But I told the details to my husband and he has always supported me. And when I told my mom, it was a relatively organic thing to do, called me a liar. No, you stop and you listen to your child. I don't care how painful it is for you. You're the parent and you have to take charge of the situation. And if your child is an adult, when they tell you a hug, a listening ear, maybe all you can give, depending on if the abuser is alive or dead. My mother called me a liar and she left my house for the last time. And I barely had a uh, relationship with her after that. And honestly, I can imagine it was hard for her to hear that, but she knew it because she saw it with her own two eyes. That's right. My mother walked into the room one day and I was being assaulted and she turned around and left the room and shut the door and did absolutely nothing. So what would I say to my younger self? Just get out of there alive. And then a couple years ago, my mother died finally. I went back to that house and I got my brother out of there alive too. And that's not the end of our story, but it is putting us in a place, which I was in before, which my brother is now in, that is safe. And giving your children a safe place where they want to come back to, they want to come and visit you, they feel happy to come home for um, holidays or birthdays or whatever, is the greatest measure of a parent. And I can tell you that Kayla, who is at med school, who is getting married this weekend, feels safe and happy to come home. And she does so on a regular basis. So on the occasion of my best friend's wedding, best friend's daughter's wedding, I take my hat off to her and her husband for being the best parents, the parents that that child deserves and the parents that I wish I had. And I'm grateful to be one of the people that's in Kayla's life, not parenting her because I'm not her parent, that being one of the adults that supported her and protected her and given her every single thing that we had, which is what every kid deserves. And in therapy, I learned that you are healed when you can be the person that you needed to somebody else. And that's what I've always tried to be to Kayla. I have always tried to be the person that I needed when I was growing up. So, parents, I know it's hard to put them first all the time, but dare I say it, as a non-parent, that's your job. And to all the kids who might be listening, if your parents did that, you're lucky.
No matter what your upbringing was like, no matter whether you got a new car or had to buy a clunker when you got your license, whether you lived in a big fancy house or a small house, whether you went to public school or private school, it doesn't matter. If your parents put you first, you're lucky. And to all those kids like me and my brother who weren't pert first, who were abused, neglected, beat up, all those things, just get out of there alive. And then you can make your life what you want it to be. And you will know that you are healed when you can be the person you needed to somebody else.